Welcome to the CLNS Radio Patriots Beat Podcast, powered by Lynda.com. Kickstart your new year and challenge yourself to learn something new today with a free 10-day trial for all CLNS Radio listeners. Go to www.lynda.com slash CLNS Radio. Challenge yourself and get on board with Linda and the CLNS Radio Patriots Beat Podcast. This is Pop Sosa, your play-by-play broadcaster for the New England Patriots, and you're listening to Patriots Beat. of CLNS Radio's Patriots Beat, powered by Lynda.com. I am your host, Jeff Kane, at Boston Fat Guy on Twitter. Joining me, as always, Bobby Kravitsky, at Bobby underscore K91 on Twitter. You can follow CLNS Radio at CLNSRadio.com. Patriots Beat at Patriots Beat. For you Facebook fans out there, www.facebook.com slash CLNS fans. We've been talking all week about this game. Super Bowl Sunday, it is here. We've had great guests from Adam Jones, Pete Shepard, Mike Riley, Mike Loiko, uh, Paul Bayer from uh, the Seattle uh, podcast, 12 for 12s. Today, it's a little bit different. It is all your favorite Patriots Beat personalities, all our writers, Talking about this game, I'm going to guide you through it. I got Bobby Kravitsky on with me right now. We're going to bring you through this game. Bobby, what's going on? Not much. It's finally here, Jeff. It's finally game day. I cannot wait. Kickoff cannot come fast enough. It really can't. We've talked all week. We've dissected this from left to right, right to left. What is going to happen tonight? Yeah, I think the key in this game is going to be discipline between defending the read option, keeping Russell Wilson in the pocket, making you beat him with his arm and not being able to extend plays, and, of course, watching out for Marshawn Lynch. They do it differently than the Ravens, but Seattle does run a zone-blocking scheme primarily, so the backside's going to have to watch out for the cutback block, and it's going to be important that they form a wall around Marshawn Lynch, something you've heard the defense talk about all week leading up to this game. One of the things that we've done over the last week, if we've looked at these matchups, uh, Marshawn Lynch against the Patriots defense, we've looked at Tom Brady and the Patriots uh, smaller, quicker receivers against the outside cornerbacks of, uh, of Seattle and Richard Sherman and Maxwell. We've talked about Gronk versus Camp Chancellor or Bobby Wagner or Bruce Irvin, whoever it is there. It has been diagnosed so many different ways. My first question to you, Bobby, is this. We've talked about Russell Wilson. We've talked about keeping him in the pocket. How do they do it? Do they, do they allow their, 
their defensive ends, namely Rob Nikovich and Chandler Jones, not to hurry up and rush up the field, but to basically set QB spies to sit there, see what happens, read what the quarterback is doing, and then attack, giving Wilson an extra two or three seconds to make a play? Or do they rush up the middle with a guy like Jamie Collins and make them make Russell Wilson get outside to a waiting defensive end? I think you're going to see a similar concept to what the Patriots did in the Green Bay game against Aaron Rodgers. They might blitz a few more times than they did in that one because they certainly don't want to see Wilson sit back there with 12 seconds and you know just completely a clean pocket. That was not good, even though it did keep Rodgers in the pocket. Not exactly what they were shooting for. But I think you're going to see Chandler Jones and Rob Ninkovich, two key players in this game for the Patriots, sinking... They're not gonna. They're gonna be very patient, very disciplined pass rushers. They don't want to over pursuit and give up the edge, allowing Wilson to get to the outside. So I expect to see them sink and kind of remain shallow. And then from there, they, there is going to be eyes on Wilson at all times, whether it's Chung, Hightower, or Collins. One of those could be blitzing every now and then. The key is going to be discipline because I don't think they want to force him to the outside, to a defensive end who might be able to get to him. I think they want him to have to step up and make plays in the pocket, especially if the guys in the middle, the big bodies like Vince Wilfork, can get some pressure and not allow him to get clean throws and put all his momentum into his passes. Well, here's my question now, Bobby, because we've seen the Patriots be chameleons on offense. They've been chameleons on defense as well throughout the season. Sometimes they've come out in a nickel look. Sometimes they've come out in 5-2, 4-3. They've come out in a 3-4. Against the Seattle offense, what do you think the base defense is going to be for the New England Patriots? Yeah, and that's a great question because the 3-4 defense is something that the Patriots really struggled with at the beginning of the season. And yet, in principle, in theory, it makes sense against a team like Seattle. But I think they're going to stick with those two linebackers, nickel coverage, just trusting Hightower and Collins to be as effective as they have all season leading up to this point. Kyle Arrington as an extra corner. I think you're going to see Brandon Browner primarily covering Seattle's tight ends and that they're going to put Arrington on Jermaine Curse. I actually like that matchup. Curse has got a little bit of speed. He's got some size. We saw what the Patriots were able to do against uh, T.Y. Hilton uh, in in lining up Kyle Arrington with some help over the top and allowing Brandon Browner to do what he does best, which is get physical. I think the Patriots need to get extremely physical with this team. And the one thing that, in looking at Seattle, what I've noticed is that they do, they do well is if they get an extra second or two, they will sneak Luke Wilson out of the out of uh, the tight end position on little uh, play action passes. They will sneak Marshawn Lynch or Robert Turbin out there. The Patriots got to be very disciplined in this game. They have to stay in their rush lanes, and when it comes to passing off coverage, they got to make sure that they keep coverage on that checkdown. Yeah, one of the things you see from Seattle is a very disciplined, very patient offense. Some of their best success comes on broken plays. Wilson has great chemistry with his receivers, especially Baldwin and Curse, who they might not get open on their initial route, but then Wilson's able to extend time, make plays with his legs, 
and that's when they get open and they know to get to an area where Wilson's going to be able to see them and get them the football, and that's when they're at their most dangerous. Let's see what the Patriots Beats team has to say about this Super Bowl. We have a special guest, Rod, from Pat's Gazette. He's going to join us as well on this Patriots Super Bowl preview for Super Bowl 49. I can't believe it's finally here. Bobby Kravitsky will be back with me in a little bit to close out the show as we talk about the Patriots versus the Seattle Seahawks. First up for us is CLS Patriots beat writer, Sam Pericolo. You can follow him on Twitter at, at Sam Pericolo. All right, there is such an easy out for this game tomorrow. Patriots, Seahawks, two best teams in the NFL. Could very easily say, I don't know who's going to win. And to be honest, I don't know who's going to win. Last time, two times the Patriots have been in the Super Bowl, I went into the game confident, and look what happened. They lost both of the games. Now going against the Seahawks, Seahawks are a far and away better team than the Giants were when the Patriots faced them. And I, it's going to be a great game. I don't know the outcome exactly what it's going to be. I'm going to go out and say 17 to 16 Patriots. I think the Patriots' defense is getting is not getting enough credit for how good it is, and the Seahawks' offense is getting a little too much credit. Russell Wilson has magically appeared as a top five quarterback to a lot of people. When I, and I love Russell Wilson, I think he's a great player. I'd take him on my team any day. He's not a top five quarterback. That offense is all on Marshawn Lynch, and that team is the major is mostly defense. So I don't see them scoring as much on the Patriots as a lot of people think they do. That being said, I don't know how much the Patriots are going to be able to score on the Seahawks. I think they should be able to finish drives a little bit better than Green Bay did. They'll have the guts to go for it on fourth and goal from the half inch yard line. So I think they. They'll be able to get into the end zone a couple times, 17-16. And a few of the key points I want to hit on, I think that the Patriots' ability to rush is going to be huge in this game. However, I do think that LeGarrette Blunt is an overrated back. I don't think he is as good as people think he is. They're saying he's going to play the Eddie Lacy role, and I don't think Eddie Lacy is a great back. He's a good back, but LeGarrette Blunt's not what Eddie Lacy even is. Lacy was able to run through that defense. I don't know if Blunt's going to be able to. To be honest, I think it's more of a Jonas Gray game. They've both got power. Gray's got a little more speed. He runs lower to the ground. I think he would be the better matchup in this game. I doubt Bill feels that way. We've barely seen Gray at all since his 201-yard game against the Indianapolis Colts. But you never know what's going to happen. I think... We'll, I think we'll see Brady test Sherman. I don't think he's going to pull what Rodgers has done a few times, even though he picked Rodgers off last week. I don't think we're going to see him avoid Richard Sherman. And Sherman has that elbow injury, as we know, so he's going to test him, see how, how he's able to move with that arm. This It's really a shame this past week has been focused on the PSI of footballs because this is making up for one of the best matchups we've seen in at least a decade, one of the better matchups probably in Super Bowl history. It's not only the two top seeds, it's hands down the two best teams in football. It's two very good defenses, an offense, two decent offenses. I know the Seahawks, they don't have a great offense. A lot of it's Marshawn Lynch, but they make it work. They can score. In the Patriots, same thing. They don't have that big go-to receiver, but Gronk's healthy for this one. Uh, Edelman's going to be big, having to get open quickly if the Seahawks bring pressure on Brady. 
it's just a great overall matchup. And I hate the fact that for the last, for at least the first week leading up to it and leaking into this week somewhat too, we've been talking about deflated footballs. So can't wait for this game. I'm going to stick with the Patriots 17-16, but that is a total shot in the dark. Your guess is as good as mine. Enjoy the game, guys. We continue the Patriots beat pregame show for Super Bowl 49 between the New England Patriots and the Seattle Seahawks with friend of CLNS Radio and one of the people that really put out some of the best news, talk, and pictures out there on social media. It's Rod Curavu from at Pat's Gazette. He was the founder of Pat's Gazette and does a phenomenal job. 28,000 plus uh, followers on Twitter. Rod, how you doing today? Great, Jeff, great. Uh, it's, it's awesome to see the Patriots in the position that they're in. Uh, I basically called for it at the beginning of the season and uh, they haven't failed me yet, so... Yes, yes. I called for it. I called for it too. I said Patriots would win Super Bowl Forty Nine against the Chicago Bears. So at least part of my prediction is true. You were, you were half Bears, right. I was half right. <laughs> I looked at that Chicago team and I just thought they would be great this year. I was completely wrong. They are now rebuilding under John Fox and uh, they fell apart. But let's get on to this game because we've had two weeks of talk. We've had two weeks of balls. We've had two weeks of Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Beast Mode, Gronkowski. The game is going to be kicking off Super Bowl Forty Nine. We've talked about it. The Patriots have a chance to tie the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, Chuck Knoll and Terry Bradshaw, as the only team to have four Super Bowl champions by the same quarterback and coach. They, of course, had Terry Bradshaw and Chuck Knoll. Patriots have Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. This is a legacy game in my eyes. you got to tell me your thoughts on what we're about to witness. Yeah, it definitely, as you call it, a legacy game. I mean, Brady's going going for number four. I mean, it, it, it's 10 years removed. It, it's long overdue. Um, what is... Yeah, what is this game mean to the Patriots fans because we've seen a lot of fans out there and and I'm going to say right now you are one of the voices of the fans out there we've seen a lot of fans out there that just talks about the Patriots and blindly defend the Patriots myself included uh how the Patriots are a great team they've had the best winning percentage in the NFL since 2001 this is their 6th Super Bowl under Brady and Belichick Monday morning, Patriots wake up, Super Bowl champions. Monday morning, Patriots wake up, losing to the Seattle Seahawks. Tell me in your eyes what each one would mean. Uh, well, let's go for worst case scenario first. Uh, they wake, they wake up losing to the Seahawks. I, there's still a legacy there. Obviously, um, you know it would give that much more fuel to the, to the Seahawks fans and, and their quote-unquote um, dynasty that they started last year, which really irritated me. It's like, listen, it's one game, you know. Uh, when you win four in three years, yeah, people can call it a dynasty. 
That is but, the truth I mean, there. It, All right. It, it, still, it still doesn't take away from the fact that Belichick and Brady have been to the Super Bowl a record six times. It's unbelievable. Yeah, that, really, that, that's is crazy. Unbelievable. I mean, absolutely crazy. Do, do I want to see Brady fall to a, a, a 500 Super Bowl record? No. No, not at all. Uh, and on the, on the other hand, waking up being Super Bowl champions, I mean, that, 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 that's going to get rid of some of the haters. Not all of them. I mean, basically, people hate the Patriots because people hate the Patriots. That's not going to change. Now, however... I'm- Brady with, with four four rings, you know. Then he joins his childhood idol, um, Joe Montana, and Terry Bradshaw. The only two quarterbacks that have four rings would be unbelievable. And you said that might silence some of the haters. I actually think if the Patriots win, more haters will come out. And it's something that that came out earlier in the uh, in the two weeks pregame up to uh, the Super Bowl. Embrace the hate. I'm all right because I'm all right if the Patriots win and even more haters get out there. I'm a Boston Red Sox fan. I've hated the New York Yankees. It, it, when I was born, I grew up ready to piss on the Yankee logo, and I'm sure there are NFL fans all the way around the world that want to do the same to the New England Patriots. But I'm all right with that. I can deal with that, Rod. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it's the same thing. I, you know, I I mean, I'm not as big of a Red Sox fan as you are or as I am a Patriots fan, but to the, on, on the same token, yeah, I, I hate the Yankees too. I mean, how, how, much, how much is founded in the fact that, that Steinbrenner actually bought those championships? Yeah, it's probably a pretty good argument. Uh, how, do you, how do you argue that the, the winningest Super Bowl quarterback coach combination how, how do you argue that they're not the best how? exactly exactly and, I, and i'll sit out there when you say the the you know people go out there and say the uh that uh, new york bought their championships people go out and say the patriots cheated their way to their championships it doesn't take away from the fact that they won them either way in fact if you look back at those yankee dynasty teams a lot of it was homegrown. It wasn't until 2009 when they won when it became really buying the championships. The Patriots have not won a championship, we all know, since 2004. If they are to turn around and win this game, it, it cements it for me. It cements them as the greatest dynasty in all of the dynasties, whether that be uh, the 1970s Steelers, who really, if you really want to look at it, Everybody on that team was juicing. They were doing it before anyone else. The 1980s uh, 49ers uh, built a great dynasty. They circumvented the salary cap when it first came out. They And then, of course, the 1990s Dallas Cowboys, uh, the last team to win three out of four before the Patriots, uh, you know, there were a lot of drug charges on that team. Everyone has their dirty laundry. And you know what? I'm okay with it. I think it's more along the lines that People just dislike the Patriots because it's been 14 years now that every single season they have been relevant. Let's hop real quick into this game, Rod, because we are running a little bit out of time here. Offense, Patriots versus that vaunted Seattle defense. Which one goes, the immovable objects or the unstoppable force? 
the unstoppable force. You think the Patriots can push it down their throats, or do you think they can pass all over them? What What are you looking for, bud? I'm 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 thinking that they're really, really, really gonna gonna be you know using some short passes and stuff like that, and they have to have to have they have to establish a run game, you know, and and I think I think Legarrette Blunt is the is the person to do it with, you know, and, and you know running running back by committee, quote unquote, that that's gonna help, you know, different situations, different backs, and. uh I think Vereen will do well, you know, and I and I think it's gonna it, it's gonna be I think it'll be short passes in the beginning, but I think as um, Seattle's defense starts to wear down, I think you'll see Brady start to go a little deeper and really test the secondary. Do you think we can see some hurry up by the New England Patriots to basically eliminate what Seattle was able to do last year against the Denver Broncos, where they kept that train coming in with the rotation of defensive ends? If they're able to run the hurry up, do you find that the Patriots have a better chance with those quick short passes, getting the ball out in under three seconds and pounding away at the center of that Seattle uh, Seahawks defense? I, I think I think I think the hurry up will probably be um, a big part of the game plan. I, I think once 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 they start to have a little success, I see them I see them pushing it. You know, as far as the hurry up offense goes. Yeah. All right. Swapping sides to the other side of the ball, you have the New England Patriots, whose defense is as good as it has been since 2004. You have uh, Darrell Revis. You have. Devin McCourty, you've got Brandon Browner, uh, you've got guys like Chandler Jones, Rob Nikovich, and the defensive linebackers uh, in Donta Hightower and Jamie Collins, who's really come along. We look at this team that they have to play. They're not really known to have great wide receivers. They're good. Don't get me wrong. Doug Baldwin and, and Curse are very good wide receivers. However, the big thing is being able to stop Russell Wilson, not only with throwing the ball, but containing him from running for those first downs and, of course, holding beast mode, how can the Patriots do it? Yeah, they, they, defi- they definitely ha- have to stop beast mode and, and contain Wilson in the pocket. If, they, if, if Collins can, quote-unquote, do his job and spy on Wilson and, you know, the, um, and they can keep him in the pocket and force him to throw, I, th- I think our secondary is going is to have a really good day because Wilson. I mean, if, if you if you force him out of the pocket and make him pass on the run, he's very good at it. But if you can if you can contain him in the pocket and make him pass from there, the results are a lot different. And believe it or not, I was thinking about it a few minutes ago, and uh, I th- I I can see. Chung having a big day. There you go. There's my bold prediction. I, I well, every, in the uh, in the Ravens game, yeah. Flacco had never thrown an interception in the postseason, and I called for two picks. One being a pick six. The only thing I was wrong on was the pick six. He threw two picks. That's a beautiful thing. Listen, Rod. Uh, every Super Bowl does have its. Uh, it's unlikely hero, whether it be uh, David Tyree uh, and the catch against the Patriots. I know that's going to hurt Patriots fans. Uh, you just said Patrick Chung. You go back to uh, you know Super Bowl uh, 36 for the New England Patriots, and the, the unlikely hero um, 
you know, was Mike Vrabel, who got off on the on the side and got some pressure on Kurt Warner, which allowed a pick six uh, by uh, Ty Law. So unlikely heroes happen all the time in the Super Bowl, going back almost 20 years uh, between Dallas and the Pittsburgh Steelers. You saw Larry Brown pick off Neil O'Donnell twice to seal uh, that Super Bowl for the uh, Dallas Cowboys. All right, Rod, it's come that time. Your prediction for the New England Patriots versus the Seattle Seahawks. Super Bowl 49. Ooh. Okay, I saw a stat about the Patriots. If they, uh, This season, if they scored 23 or more points, they were 12-0. and 0. Okay. I'm figuring 28-17. Patriots 28, Seahawks 17. Love it, Rod. Who is your offensive player of the game and defensive player of the game? Offensive player of the game. I th- I, th- I think with Derek Blunt will get it done. Love it. Absolutely love it. Defensive side, who's going to be the guy we're talking about Monday morning? The guy we're talking about Monday morning? I'll go with Patrick Patrick Chung again. I just got a feeling about, about him in this game. Excellent. Rod, thank you very much for joining Patriots Beat. Pre-game, Super Bowl 49 is but hours away Rod, you can find him at, at Pat's Gazette. He absolutely kills it with putting all of that information that you need in the right place so you can just follow Rod. He's not going to sit there and pump his own tires. He's going to tell you exactly what has to be done and not make an ass out of himself. Rod, great job, my friend, and thank you for helping out this year with CLNS Radio. Thanks for having me on, sir. Well, joining me on right now is a man who doesn't need any introduction, but I'll give him one as it is. It is our own Bob Snowden, at SnowdenBob on Twitter, one of the uh, contributing members to the Patriots Beat written coverage, as well as all of CLNS Radio's uh, every sport. He's been doing something for us somewhere, somehow, some way. Uh, also the man who really helped me get Patriots Beat up and going, the podcast that is. It's Bob Snowden. Bob, how you doing? I'm doing great, Jeff. I'm excited. I can't uh, wait. I, I think that is the, the thing. We cannot wait. The Super Bowl is mere hours away, as I've said to all our other Patriots beat uh, compadres the last uh, couple times we talked. What are your thoughts on this Super Bowl? What do you feel is going to play out? Team that scores first wins. Really? Yep. Team that scores first wins. Uh, all right. I, I, I'm feeling you. I'm feeling you, but let me ask you here. The team that scores first wins in both the divisional round for the Patriots and the conference championship for Seattle, both of them came back from unprecedented uh, deficits to win. You just think it can't be done against either defense? Not, not against Seattle. I mean, uh, uh, Indy, my high school team could have beat Indy. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> they wore leather helmets, that was, that was Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> yeah. And I actually didn't have face masks either. But, I mean... It, that explains the nose. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Indy, Indy had a terrible defense. And I was expecting them to come back. I know that's hard to believe when you come back like they did. But I, I just never doubted they were going to win the Indy game, even when they were behind. Did you? I don't remember them being behind at the Indy. You mean the Baltimore oh, game? Oh, the Baltimore game. I'm sorry. That's what I yeah. thought. Yeah, all right. You know, I... I 
there were times I do, I will admit, uh, and I admitted it in the post game show that game when when they got down both times by fourteen points. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Uh, and actually, the first fourteen nothing deficit, I was really worried. After the twenty eight to fourteen deficit, I, I got I was a little more confident that they could come back and do it again. And that was that was the game right then and there that I said, "Okay, this team has Super Bowl." aspirations and can win i agree and i I, you know i just it's funny because not that i'm I'm not trying to disrespect baltimore like i did indy but i just didn't feel like we're going to lose to baltimore and i you know i'm not a huge joe flacco fan but his statistics and playoffs were great coming into that game and people were looking at him and, and the way he plays in playoffs and questioning it but I looked at the overall talent on both teams. And like I said, even when they were down 14 to nothing, and yeah, it was a little discouraging when then after catching up, Brady threw that interception late in the first half again, which he's getting kind of prone to doing. That worries me a little bit. But I, I didn't, even when they scored again and it was 14 points again, the Patriots just came right back. I mean, it, it wasn't any delay from when the 14-point lead till the Patriots were marching down the field again. So I, I really felt comfortable. The Patriots were moving the ball against Baltimore. They obviously moved the ball against Indy. I mean, I, I think this game is going to be a balanced game for the Patriots. I don't think you're going to see them run 40 times, and I don't think you're going to see them pass 40 times. What I think is you're going to see a balanced run-pass offense. I hope they try and test Sherman early to find out whether he should, whether he can tackle him um, with the arm, and and that will be a key because if he can, then you have to change some of the strategy. If he can't, those short routes, which have been very effective, just go right at him. And I know Brandon Browner has said, you know, go after him, hit him break his arm a lot of that was a lot of that was tongue-in-cheek but it's you know it was it is true it is true let me ask you this Bob Russell Wilson is he had a very poor 56 minutes of the NFC championship game other than that almost every single playoff game that he has played including last year's Super Bowl he has made plays that have changed momentum have changed the game Can the Patriots stop him? Well, let's go back to their game against Green Bay. They did not deserve to win that game. Green Bay gave them that game back. I'm sorry. I mean, that two-point conversion was the telling point of the game when he was scrambling to his right, threw up a dying quail, and everybody on Green Bay's defense just kind of stood there and watched it. No one went after the ball or tried to knock it down. And that was the difference in the game, making it feasible for them to win the game. Exactly. Ha ha, Clinton Dix uh, was the man in coverage there and didn't even go for no, it. No, he didn't he react. He didn't. Not at all. And this is a guy who had two interceptions yeah. earlier in the game. It, it was almost like... No one could believe the ball was up in the air, and it was in the air forever, Jeff. It was. It wasn't like it was a rope. It was. I think with my closing speed, I could have got there. Yeah. Well, hang on. <laughs> hang on. Wait a minute. <laughs> you and I together. 
<laughs> maybe with a you know if we had a supersonic engine tied to our back would have had a chance but really i i and i understand that dicks had slid over because everybody was sliding over because that's the direction wilson was going in but in in reality even though he had gone over he still had plenty of time to react so you know i green bay just went into a shell um the the uh Onside kick. Seattle fell into it. I mean, they really did. They should not have won that game. So when you say Wilson brought them back, you can't deny that because they won the game by the same token. There's no way in the world they should have won that ball game when Green Bay had the lead they had and the ball with about four and a half minutes left in the game. They had a two-score lead with, with, I think it was four, four and a half minutes left in the game. They then gave up and, and really weren't even trying to get a first down. They ran very little time off the clock. They allowed Seattle to use their timeouts very wisely. And even then, they shouldn't have lost the game. It just, everything, fate was in the hands for Seattle. And I, again, I'm not trying to knock down how good Seattle is, but I am saying Green Bay showed me they can be beat and they can be held to a low score now green bay's defense if you remember the first half of the year jeff green bay did not have a very good defense it got better as the year progressed i think the key for the patriots one is marshawn lynch is going to get his yardage you can't let him control the whole game but you do need to contain wilson i think you need to keep when wilson does that read option you need to and and they do so many things from it you need to be just so certain that the ends don't bite and give him the opportunity to, to run around them he scares me yeah that's what i think rob ninkovich is going to be key to this game because he is very good at defending that read option going all the way back to the 2011 season against uh, Tim Tebow and the uh, Denver Broncos. He did a very nice job of not biting in and playing the quarterback instead of playing the running back. That's the big thing. They need to, they need to trust Allen Branch and Vince Wilfork and worry about the end staying on the quarterback, kind of setting up a, a QB spy or QB contain, if you will. And, and when they do that, everybody needs to play their role. The biggest thing that occurs is players want to make a big play. You get in the heat of the action, and you look and say, wait a minute, if I do this, I'm going to make that play. Instead of saying, I'm just going to keep my lane covered. Someone else can make the play, but if everybody plays the proper lane and, and containment, then you should win the game. I mean, it's not like Wilson is a spectacular passer. He's okay. He makes some good passes. He made some pretty passes. But I don't think he's going to beat you out of the pocket. I see what you're saying there. Let's switch sides to the other side of the ball because the Seattle Seahawks have a very good defense, a great defense, if you will, I have said that the key to this game, and you actually repeated my uh, my thoughts, was to stay balanced, as I actually say just about every single week. 
But Seattle's defense is only allowing 81.5 yards per game. Now, that was um, that was in the regular season. In the postseason, they've given up some more rushing yards. Do you think that LeGarrette Blount and his own nickname, Blount Force Trauma, can slam it down the throat of the Seattle Seahawks and make them be honest with the run? He needs to. He absolutely he, needs to. I'm not saying he has to get 100 yards. He does have to carry the ball enough to soften up their defense to make the play action work because Seattle is very good on, on almost every aspect of defense except the short pass. And his running is going to make people kind of have to back away. I, I'm hoping their pass rush cannot get at Brady. But if the quick play, the, the handoff forces the defense to play safe, giving Brady that extra second for the pass to Edelman or Gronkowski in that short range, and then the yards after catch are going to make a difference. I don't think they're going to make many long plays. I think they may try one or two, but I, I just don't see this. I think Gronkowski, again, should have a very big game. Now, you know, you talk about the safety matching up against him, but the safety isn't going to be way up in the, the shorter territory. So that that short to mid-range pass to Gronk is is going to be a cornerback, unless you bring the safety up on the line, which I just don't see happening. And Bronk, Gronk is not a guy that you can bump at the line successfully because he's so damn big and strong. Two things, Bob. One... The talk all week about from the Seattle Seahawks about Rob Gronkowski. It started first with uh, their uh, cornerback yeah. Lane saying he's not that good. It continued uh, with their um, Bobby Wagner coming out and saying he ain't going to throw me out of the club. I'm going to be sitting in the VIP section. Does this add added bonus to Gronk, and do you expect Gronk to show them something? Well, first of all, Gronk is such a happy-go-lucky guy. I think he just shrugs it off. I don't think it impacts him. I don't think anything impacts Gronk. I think he goes into the game and and just enjoys playing football. So does it give it an added incentive? I, I really don't think so, Jeff. He, I mean, people have said that all year, not necessarily that he wasn't that good, but they, those that are saying it are only saying it to try and get under his goat and make him try and do something that is beyond what he should be trying to do on the field. And and I don't I, he's just such a happy go lucky guy. I don't think anything bothers him. Uh, and the other thing that I wanted to ask you following that up is Bill Belichick on Saturday canceled the Patriots walkthrough saying we are as prepared as we are going to be or we are as ready as they are going to be. They're going to show up for the team picture and that is about it i'm sure they'll have some meetings what do you say about that well obviously he's happy with how they have practiced and he's happy with what he has seen in practice hopefully it carries over to the game i mean how many times jeff have you seen a coach come out and say man we had a great practice we are ready to roll and then you go out and get blown out so you just don't know you don't know in practices i mean it, I'm certain they had to be pretty good. Now, the one thing that surprised me is he had them outside in the rain, despite the fact you're going to be an indoor stadium. But he had them practicing outside in the rain a couple of times. That surprised me somewhat. But 
you know, it's they're, they're going to supposedly try and keep the uh, the roof open during the game. It's supposed to be fairly comfortable. I don't think they're predicting heavy rain or anything. So I, you know, I I think the Patriots are as ready as any team can be. They showed me after that Kansas City game that this is a tough team. This is a team that bounces. This is this is a team that has a chip on its shoulder, just like the earlier Patriots had. And there's a lot of players here. This is their first time going to the Super Bowl. So, you know, the, the, the players have to rub off on them, and they have to see the Wilforks, or they have to see the Bradys, uh, the people that have been through it before. Uh, and they're leading by example. Um, and you just hope that they don't get so hyper when the game starts. That's the thing you hear a lot of players that play for the first time in the Super Bowl, Jeff, is say, after three minutes, I was exhausted because you get so emotional and you can't control your breathing. You can't get, it's like hyperventilating, basically. And, and young players, that's going to happen with. I don't think it's going to happen with experienced players. But look at the Patriots roster. Not many of the people on the roster have been there before. Exactly. Now, Bob, I'm going to put you on the spot now, closing things out here with you. What is the final score of the game, and who are we talking about Monday morning? 28-17 Patriots, and we're going to talk about Brady and the fact that it didn't impact him. All this deflate gate stuff didn't mean squat. I love it. That'll be four rings for Brady, four rings for Belichick. Just a time, a great way to bookend his career. Not that I think that Tom Brady is going to retire after this season or anything, but as I have said in the past and wrote a couple of years ago, I can see Brady walking out the way he came in by winning two or three Super Bowls to finish out his career. Bob Snowden, thank you very much for all you've done for Patriots Beat this year. Any last words to our followers and our fans and, of course, our great listeners? Yeah, only, only one thing. I expect the Patriots to win. But if they don't win, I don't want to hear people jumping on the Brady needs to retire, they need to move to a new quarterback. This will be six Super Bowls this guy has taken the Patriots to. No other quarterback has ever done that. Six Super Bowls. So, you know, getting there and not winning, yeah, that hurts. And he'll be 3-3 three and three in Super Bowls, and I'm hearing people say, oh, yeah, Jim Kelly and, and some of the other quarterbacks that got there and didn't win it. None of them got there six times. Joe Montana didn't get there six times. Yeah, he's got four rings, but those are the only four times he went to the Super Bowl. So I just don't want to hear people jumping off the Brady bandwagon if they happen to lose the game. All right. I I agree with you there, Bob, and you know I won't be jumping off that bandwagon, and I'm pretty sure you won't be either. So thanks a lot, Bob, and we will catch you on the flip side as we all get ready to watch the Seattle Seahawks and New England Patriots square off in Super Bowl 49 in Glendale, Arizona at the University of Phoenix. I can't wait, and I know you can either. Have a great game, everybody. Enjoy it. Joining us now is CLNS contributor Billy Wyatt. You can find him on Twitter at Billy underscore CLNS Pats. 
Billy is author of many uh, post-game reports for us. He does a phenomenal job on post-game reports all season long for the New England Patriots beat on CLNS Radio. Billy, the game is upon us. No more talking about deflated nuts. No, oh, I'm sorry, deflated balls. Uh, no more talking about you know this, that, the other thing. Here it is. Super Bowl Sunday kicks off tonight. Your thoughts on the Patriots versus the Seahawks. Well, I hate to do it, but I'm actually going against the Patriots. I think the Seahawks are going to win it. Just their pass rush is going to be too much for the Patriots to handle. If you look at the Patriots' offensive line this year, they, they've been better with Stork, but they've struggled for most of the season. And if you look at don't even go back to Super Bowl 42, the way teams are beating the Patriots in the playoffs, it's just getting in Brady's face and making him see ghosts, and I think Seattle's going to be able to do that. And when Seattle has the ball, Chandler Jones has shown the inability to stay uh, disciplined from time to time. And I think with the Seahawks um, read option, he's not going to be able to contain Russell Wilson. I, just, I don't see Chandler Jones being able to do it. I can't see him stopping the Seattle pass rush. I like Seattle 20 to 10 in this one. Whoa! Big words there by Billy. And you know what? I kind of knew it, Billy. You've been, as we like to call in the CLNS Patriots chat room, the pessimist out of us all. The glass is always half full with you. That's okay, though, Billy. It takes balls to pick against the home team. And you just did it. You just picked against the New England Patriots. So let me kind of pick your brain here because you've come out and said that uh, the Patriots are going to lose 20-10. to 10. 10 points and 10 points only for a New England Patriots team that averaged – almost 30 points a game this year. Is it just that pass rush? You don't think they can run on this team? I mean, they might be able to, but, I mean, Seattle did have the third-best uh, rush defense in the NFL. That might be misleading because they were winning so often. They, other teams have just abandoned the run and start throwing. But, I mean, even if you just even if you look to go back, like I said, going back to Super Bowl 42, when the Patriots lost their Super Bowls with Brady and Belichick, they've been held pretty much, I don't want to say scrolls, because they scored, like, 14 and 17 in their two losses. But they had over 30 points a game those two seasons, too, and the Patriots still struggled to move the ball because of the, the giant fast rush guard in Brady's face and made him see goes. I see Seattle doing that tomorrow tonight. I can completely understand where you're coming from. I've been a proponent since the beginning that the way to stop uh, the Patriots is to get um, pressure up the A-gap against Tom Brady. He's less of a quarterback when he has to roll out to either his left or his right. I will counter that a little bit because I believe this year Brady has been better than he has been in the past. Now, he is no Russell Wilson on the move, but he has been better than he has in the past of making some extra time. And with the possibility of Brian Stork playing tonight, you still don't think there's any chance the Patriots can hold up the Seattle Seahawks defensive rush, even with a defensive interior that isn't great. I mean, we don't know how healthy Stork's going to be. I mean, yes, he has practiced in the two weeks leading up to the game, but that, he might just be playing just to get to the Super Bowl. It's all hands on deck. We don't know how healthy he's going to be. We don't know how healthy he's going to be until the earliest halfway through the first quarter. And by that point, Brady could already have been beaten so much he's already seeing the ghosts. Because if, if you look at the games, he does start to see ghosts when he gets rushed. I agree with you there. We've seen him see ghosts before. I just happen to have a different feeling about this game than you, but this is why we we do this. This is why we talk about sports, because everyone has an opinion. No one is right 100% of the time. So let me ask you this, Billy, because you have the Patriots 
losing and only scoring 10 points. You do bring up some great facts there with the Patriots only scoring 14 and 17 points, respectively, in their last two playoff games. And uh, not playoff games, but Super Bowl games. And one of the things that we always talk about on lots of different podcasts, the Boston media, everything like that, is the fact that the Patriots have never had a defense that has been able to stop and make a play at the end to win games. And I believe you're right when you sit there and say the offense has let them down. But you still feel that the Seattle Seahawks can put up 20 points on the Patriots. Well, it's like what I said, since they're so read option heavy, and Chandler Jones has lacked discipline from time to time, I could see him getting into the wrong lane and either Russell Wilson taking off for 30 yards or Marshall Lynch taking off for 50 yards on the score. It's kind of ironic, though. The Patriots brought in Duval Reeves to win a Super Bowl. And the team they're facing in the Super Bowl doesn't even have a top receiver that you want to really just take out on his own. Ah, I understand where you're coming from. I like it. I like it a lot. I, again, my uh, my prediction is the Patriots winning 24-17, to 17, but uh, I have my reasons behind that. Let me ask you this because this is going to be the big question on everyone's mind. You have the Patriots losing. Again, the Patriots losing. You're not a homer. It's okay. I love it a little bit of uh, diversity in the ranks, and that's a great thing, Billy. I will never take anyone's predictions out. If you look at it, who do you feel is going to be the offensive and defensive player of the game for Seattle? For Seattle on defense, I like Michael Bennett. I wanted the Patriots to sign the two times he hit free agency when he picked Seattle. He was just a force. He was a force when he was with the uh, Buccaneers down in Tampa. I think he could single-handedly take control of the game and kind of be like what Justin talked. Rose Humanier did it with the Giants Super Bowls. And on the offensive side of the ball, it's easy to say the quarterback, but I'm going to say Russell Wilson just because of the read option and how Chandler Jones lacks the discipline from time to time. I could see uh, Russell Wilson having a huge game. All right. Well, Billy, you've done a great job all year long on uh, CLNS Radio Patriots beat coverage. You're picking the Seattle Seahawks to defeat the New England Patriots 20-10 to in Super Bowl Forty Nine. Any final thoughts on this game? Uh, for the Patriots to win the game, Jamie Collins is going to have a monster game. If, if he's the one shadowing Russell Wilson all day, Jamie Collins is going to have to be a monster. And actually, when I did my preseason Super Bowl pick, I did have the Patriots winning the Super Bowl and Jamie Collins winning the Super Bowl MVP just because he's going to have to have a monster game. Because I had the Patriots beat in the 49ers in my preseason pick in a similar offense. I like Seattle, though, just because of that pass rush, but if the Patriots are to win, Jamie Collins going to have a monster game containing Russell Wilson. So you put it all on Russell Wilson's legs and the pass rush of the Seattle Seahawks. Billy, thank you so much for, uh, for joining us today in our Patriots Super Bowl preview show. Uh, I'm sure you'll get the ear of many Patriots fans out there, but you've never been scared to talk uh, from your knowledge and Put it out there. So right now we're putting it on the books that Billy Wyatt, twenty to ten, uh, Seattle beating and actually upsetting because right now the Patriots are one point favorites, the New England Patriots. Billy, thank you for your time and thank you very much for everything you did for the Patriots beat this week this year. Thank you for having me. Again, you're listening to the Patriots pregame show here for Super Bowl Forty Nine between the Patriots and the Seattle Seahawks. My normal compatriot on the CLNS Radio Patriots postgame show, Patrick Shankar, will join me now. We're going to talk a little bit about this matchup and give predictions at the end. Patrick, it's been 
two weeks of blah, 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 blah. We really haven't been able to talk about the game. We have here on the CLS Radio Patriots Beat Podcast because, well, that's what we do. We talk about the game. But national media, Good Morning America, SNL, WEI, the Sports Hub, uh, you know, people up until this morning are still talking about Balgazi, Deflategate, PSI, even Bill Nye, the science guy, <laughs> checks in. I mean, this is absolute ridiculous. Before we get on to this, this Bob Kravitz joker out there in uh, in Indianapolis, you know, he, he's rolled this 15 minutes of fame for 15 days. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Final thoughts here on just two weeks of really taking away any joy that we could have had in this game. Uh, I, I think, in a way, it's kind of been helpful to the Patriots. I mean, I don't know if it's been a, 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 or if it would have been a big of a story, but in my mind, going into the Super Bowl, I was a little worried of, of the media talking about the last Super Bowl, being in Arizona, the 18-0, and kind of getting into the Patriots' head, but we really haven't heard any of that. And to add on to that, they've really put the Patriots as these, these devils, these evil people, they're cheaters, and we know how much Bill Belichick and Tom Brady love to have extra motivation. So you know, before that game tomorrow, Belichick's going to be in that locker room talking about how if they win, it's going to be tainted, they're supposed to lose, and just get these guys all fired up and ready to go. So in a way, I think it's been a blessing. Obviously, for us, who have to, to watch this for two weeks, we're annoyed by it because we just want to talk about the game, but we have to talk about PSIs, and even I had my... Uh, my sport management professor do an experiment with footballs. So he had one at 13 psi, one at 11 psi. We had to try and determine a difference, which I couldn't do. So uh, screw you, Goodell. But uh, it's just been a lot of, of mumbo jumbo, and we're finally, you know, getting ready to play the game, and, and we'll finally get to see who the better team is on Sunday night. Bill Belichick canceled the walkthrough for the uh, New England Patriots on Saturday. A little bit unprecedented, but he came out and said, we are as prepared as we're going to be. All indications that we've heard is that the Patriots have practiced this week have been very good. Brady has been crisp. The work has been great, and that they are confident. Leading up to Super Bowl Forty Two, we heard after the fact that they practiced terrible. They were just not in it. What are your thoughts on Bill just saying, you know what, screw the walkthrough, we'll get together for the team picture. What are your thoughts there? I was surprised when it first came out until I realized that Bill Belichick was the coach, and then I said, oh, well, it's not that surprising after all. I mean, yeah, they had a couple uh, bad weeks of practice before Super Bowl Forty Two, and, and this is just one of those things where at this point you've been preparing for two weeks, you've had the whole season to really get to this point. What's one more walkthrough going to do? Obviously, if they lose, people are going to say, well, they should have had the walkthrough. Bill was an idiot. But if they win, it's not an issue. So in my in my opinion, I don't think it's really going to be that big of a deal. I think that at this point in, in the preparation of the game, they already know what's going to be thrown at them. They've prepared for it. They've practiced for it. And it, nothing that they can do at the walkthrough can really help them or hurt them in this game. I think they're ready to go. I think that – and I've been saying it. I think Brady's going to come out firing to start this game. I think he wants to, to silence some of the critics like myself 
who who have gone on who have gone on him for slow starts and, and not playing well in the biggest game. So I think they're going to come out strong, and I, and I think that whatever they were going to do in this walkthrough was going to be meaningless anyways. So I, I'm excited. I think they're ready to go, and I, and I'm really pumped to to see what happens on Sunday night. Merely pumped, boy. You sound like Pete Carroll getting all pumped <laughs> yeah. and jacked. But listen, you say pumped, and uh, the. Patriots have been pumping the tires of the Seahawks all week long, talking about how it's going to be the best team they've played all year, talking about the uh, matchups that uh, have been created on both sides, talking about you know the fact that they're going to have beast mode and how Vince Wilfork coming out saying you know he's the best one of the best running backs in the league and and bringing him down is another thing. They've talked up Richard Sherman, they've talked up Cam Chancellor. On the other side of things, we've seen uh, you know Bobby Landy. Uh, the cornerback come out and say Gronk isn't that good. And then Billy Wagner saying he ain't going to throw me out of the club. I'm going to be sitting there, uh, you know, in the VIP section. So a little bit more talk coming from Seattle. That doesn't surprise me that much, but let's drop it in right now into the specifics. Patriots on offense. When they throw the ball, you've got Richard Sherman, you got uh, Maxwell, you got Thomas, and you've got Chancellor defending Brandon LaFell, Danny Amendola, Julian Edelman, and Rob Gronkowski. Advantage who? I, I think before we heard of the injuries to Sherman and Thomas, I would put it at a push. And simply because Edelman and Amendola are, are types of players where, where they're, they're really shifty, versatile, they're hard to cover. With Sherman and Thomas both having injuries, and I know that they're saying they're both 100%, but uh, I mean, I I was at the game against the the Colts, and we were watching the Seahawks game on the big screen, and that hit to Sherman just looked plain ugly. It looked like he broke something, and he was clearly in a lot of pain. And I even talked about it with Mike Loiko uh, on Pager Speed a couple days ago, saying they should go after Sherman to start the game, not you know every play, but but go after him, run the ball towards his side, make him ha- have to tackle, make him have to defend. So I think at this stage of the, of the game, with the injuries on Seattle and New England really basically going into this game outside of Brian Stork at 100%, I give it to the New England Patriots, and I think that they have the advantage. I think that Rob Gronkowski, you know, Jeremy Lane can say all he wants that Gronk's not that good. Uh, the stats and the, the tape show otherwise. So I, I think, I mean, Seattle has one of the best defenses in the league, but it's so hard to cover Gronk. It's so hard to take Edelman out of a game. Uh, and if you take Edelman out of the game... Uh, Gronk shows up. If you take Gronk out of the game, Edelman's there. Amendola comes in uh, in in certain packages. It's just so hard to take each and every one of these players out of the game, especially when they're all so good. So I think in this game, I give New England the advantage uh, with their offense, except if Tom Brady comes out in that lackluster uh, game. He usually uh, shows up in the big game. If he has one of those again, then then we could be it for a long night. Got to get my Tom Brady Hayden there in some capacity. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. One of the big things we've heard this week is uh, the fact that, um, you know, Danny Amendola and Julian Edelman are different cornerbacks than Richard Sherman has dealt with. Seattle has come back and said, listen, our linebackers, uh, you know, they're so good underneath that they could uh, they can deal with the underneath coverage and just have Sherman and Maxwell deal on the outsides. This is where the matchup with Gronk and Man and, and maybe even Tim Wright changed things a little bit in my eyes because they haven't had to deal with a guy like Rob Gronkowski who is a matchup nightmare. Now, sure, 
They got Camp Chancellor, but Chancellor has been added to the injury report with a knee injury. So here you have Gronk who can stretch the seams, who can make those safeties play honest and open up things underneath for the play-action pass to a guy like Brandon LaFell or to Danny Amendola, and we never know what the jitterbug in Julian Edelman is going to do. What kind of matchup can happen with Rob Gronkowski, even if he has only to catch two or three balls? I think he can definitely change this game in a positive way. Yeah, I mean, even if you go back to Super Bowl Forty Six against the Giants when Gronk was, as his dad put, only 40%, uh, just him being on the field opened up a lot of things for Hernandez and Welker and even Deion Branch. I think if, if you have Gronk out there, he's taking the top off the defense, getting the safeties, being honest, I think it's a perfect way to even utilize some things we haven't seen as much in, in recent memory, like a, a screen pass to Shane Vereen or just plays like that. Like, like we used to see Kevin Falk and Danny Woodhead, those those running back screens, so effective in games, they've really gone away from it. And I think Shane Vereen is one of those running backs. He's shifty, he's elusive, he can make people miss when he's on the outside. Throw some screens out there. Gronk comes out, he's a good blocker. Put in those two tight end sets with him and Man blocking, uh, and, and give screens to Shane Vereen. I think you have the option with Gronkowski to do so many different things. You can put him on the outside, uh, line him up as a receiver. You can put him as a tight end, put him in the backfield, uh, motion him as a fullback. He's so versatile and can do so many different things that he really has to keep the defense honest. And you can't really say, oh, we'll put two guys on him here, or, oh, bring the safety down and, and hit him at the line. Because if you start making those adjustments at the line, Brady will see that and kill you in the end. So Gronkowski is really an X factor. And even if he has one or two catches, like you said, that doesn't mean that his impact on the game isn't ginormous. Now, let me tell you this here, Patrick. We had our uh, our compatriot, Billy Wyatt, come on earlier today. He picked the uh, Seattle Seahawks to win by shocking. 10 points. Yeah, it is shocking. Mr. Glass half full. We love you, Billy. <laughs> we love you, Billy. But 20 to 10, and his biggest thing is something we've all talked about um, going back to Super Bowl 42. The fact that if you get pressure up the A-gap in Brady's face, that they can shut them down. I look at this matchup and I see Seattle having a phenomenal front seven. However, if you have a weak spot on that defense, there's not many, but it is the defensive tackles. If Brian Stork is to play tomorrow, how confident are you that the Patriots will keep Brady upright and healthy? Uh, I don't know, honestly. I mean, Seattle has has a, ter- a terrific defense, and we've seen certain lapses by this Patriots offensive line, not many recently, but definitely earlier in the season, and even to an extent earlier in that Baltimore game, they really struggled. Uh, obviously, getting Brian Stork back, as they say he should play, is going to be huge, but uh, it, I would hope at this point, over the last seven years, that Josh McDaniels has realized that uh, when Brady gets pressure up the middle and the receivers uh, have the timing off with the offense, they tend to they tend to struggle. So I, I hope they've planned for that, and, and maybe we'll see more of the uh, the ineligible receiver, eligible tackle type formations, or, or the extra tackle comes in, because keeping Brady on his feet is what's going to make or break this game offensively. And I think one of the things that helps the Patriots, even if you see the pressure coming up the a gap, Tom Brady I, that we haven't seen in maybe the last seven eight years has been not has not been afraid to run the ball and get outside of the pocket and, and make a play with his feet, which I've been crying for for the last five years and he's been doing it this year so I think if you see pressure come up to him and, and he uh and the play breaks down I think there's a better chance he, he decides to to get outside of the pocket and make a play 
rather than just throw the ball away or, or, or take the sack, which I'm, I'm so happy for. We've seen many different things this year by the New England Patriots defense. We've seen them grow up in front of our eyes. We've seen the difference that Darrell Revis makes and the difference that Brandon Brown makes. It's made your uh, your binky, um, <laughs> <laughs> Devin McCourty, a better player in my opinion. But as Billy said earlier in the podcast, the Patriots went out and spent this money on Delroy Revis uh, to win a Super Bowl, and they're going up again into a game where they might not really need him because of the fact that the Seattle Seahawks don't have that huge uh, receiving threat. I'm going to counter it right here, uh, Patrick. I think this is a game you absolutely need, Darrell Revis, because Doug Baldwin is an underrated player. If you can lock Doug Baldwin out and take him out of the game, and you can then allow the Patriots to use a guy like Jamie Collins or uh, Dante Hightower to basically check down and cover Russell Wilson getting out of the pocket, it helps a ton. It helps tremendously. I see them rolling rolling the coverage to the side of uh, Curse and having uh, Brandon Browner and Devin McCourty line up and take Curse out of this game, which then leaves the matchup of basically Luke, Luke Wilson um, in, in, the, in the center. Tell me, in your eyes, the Patriots' game plan to stop Russell Wilson. Well, just to go back to Darrell Rivas not being important, uh, I, I take it back to the game against Denver last season where they let, um, I think it was Noshaw Moreno at the time, run for over 200 yards, and, and everyone thought, well, uh, they're gonna, you know, he's eating up all these yards, the Patriots are in trouble. But when it came down to it, the Patriots secondary played so well against the Denver Broncos receivers that, that they couldn't just win. And people are so afraid of Marshawn Lynch. Oh, he, he's going to run wild. Let Marshawn Lynch go out and get 150 yards. Let him, let him run around this, this defense. Because in my opinion, with the Patriots secondary and their defense, I don't have faith in Russell Wilson going down and leading a drive. As, as talented as he is, and I'm not saying he couldn't do it, but I have more faith in the Patriots defense watching them for the last 18 games, 16 regular season and two postseason games. I have more faith in the Patriots defense and secondary taking the passing game out than I do in Russell Wilson leading a game-winning drive. So defensively, I think you hit it right on the head. You put Revis on Baldwin, take him out of the game. You put Browner and McCourty over the top protection on Curse and help eliminate him. Yeah, and I think Jamie Collins is more fitted to um, to spy and and take out that option with uh with Russell Wilson just because he's so athletic and so quick. Hightower seems to struggle when he's in the open field having to chase down someone because he's a little slower. But I I like Collins in that aspect. And and if you have a Luke Wilson versus uh you know whoever Patrick Chung or or another linebacker, I'm not taking Luke Wilson in that. I'm sorry. He's just not that good. Uh so like I said, let Marshawn Lynch get 20 carries and 150 yards. Let him get 200 yards. I don't care. Because at the end of the day, Russell Wilson is going to need to lead at least one drive for that Seahawks offense to win the game. And I don't think he's going to do it. Simple, simply put, I don't think that he's going to be able to throw the ball efficiently enough to, to lead a touchdown drive in a big game situation against the Patriots defense that they have right now. Final question here, Patrick, before I bring it into your uh, prediction for the game. I'm going to give you three players' names, okay? And they are all, of course, Marshawn Lynch is the guy that everyone's talking about when he goes beast mode. Here are the three names. Patrick Chung, Donta Hightower, Vince Wilfork. Who is the most important player to stop Marshawn Lynch from busting it long? 
I mean, I I, I want to say all three because, but I, I think Will Fork honestly, I mean, he takes up two guys on the offensive line, and with with his ability and just the fear that he instills in offensive lines, it can open up different holes and open up different gaps for Collins and Chung to get to that second level and really you know get Lynch at the at the line of scrimmage. The big thing here is Marshawn Lynch. There's been a lot of times when defensive defenses have had him in the backfield or hit him uh, at the line of scrimmage, but he's able to break out after that first hit and really explode into the open field. So if Jamie Collins or Patrick Chung have an opportunity to make a tackle, and this goes for anyone on the defense, really, if they have the ability to hit Marshawn Lynch and stop him in the backfield, you have to wrap up and you have to bring him down. Because if he is able to break free and get through the line of scrimmage after first contact, that's where he's so dangerous. And now he's in the open field. And now you have situations where you have a guy like Darrell Rivas or a guy like Kyle Arrington matched up against Marshawn Lynch. And I'll take Lynch in that aspect every day. So for me... I want to see Will Fork really penetrate the offensive line, get get places open for guys like Collins and Chung to come down and make those tackles. But if they get contact on Lynch, they have to be able to bring him down, and they have to be able to lock him up in the backfield because if he gets through and gets to the open field, it's going to be a long day for, for, the, for the Patriots' defense. All right, Patrick, you gave, the, uh, you gave your predictions Friday morning on Patriots beat. Let's rehash them right now. Your final score for the New England Patriots versus the Seattle Seahawks in Super Bowl Forty Nine. Does Brady and Belichick get their fourth ring, or does Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll become the first team to win back-to-back Super Bowls since the Patriots in 2003 and 2004? Well, before I made my predictions, I was uh, entered into the uh, the Super Bowl squares with the, with the final score, and I just got my, my squares today, so I kind of want to change my prediction just to win the money, but uh, <laughs> I, I'll, uh, I'll reflect what I said on Patriot Speed and the Cheap Seats, uh, my podcast. I think it's going to be 23-17 to 17 Patriots. I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, I think it's going to be one of those games where whoever has the ball uh, last wins, but kind of different from that because I think Seattle will come down and try to win this game down by six and I think the Patriots either force a turnover uh, by interception or they just cause a a turnover on downs. Uh, Russell Wilson has been a great, great young talent. He's led a lot of of big game drives just two weeks ago against Green Bay uh, with that big touchdown pass uh, in overtime to beat Green Bay. However, I just he struggled mightily in the playoffs. He had four interceptions two weeks ago. It seems like he's trending more down than up. Yeah, he had that great uh, that great drive, but at the end of the day, uh, if Seattle doesn't get that hail Maryish onside kick, there is no comeback. There is no touchdown pass late. So I like the Patriots in this game. Uh, if they do happen to win and, and they get that fourth ring, then I'll come on to Patriots beat the, whenever we do the next show, and I will I will stand up and applaud Tom Brady and take back everything I've said over the last seven years. I've I, I've made that promise on the last two podcasts I've been on, so I'll keep it going. If they win, Brady's clear on my eyes. He's got a clean slate, and uh and and I'll love him again. So I think it's twenty three seventeen. I think the Patriots get the job done, and uh, I said it on Patriots beat, and I'll say it again. My offensive MVP. Uh, I said Brady, but I'll give it a Gronk. Uh, might not get it in terms of the award, but like we've talked about, uh, how how valuable and important he is to the team. Uh, I think Gronk House is going to be a huge X factor. And defensively, I'm going to Vegas, 100 to one odds that Devin McCourty wins the uh, MVP. I'm going to put my money on D Mac because he's going to have a big game, two interceptions minimum, 25 tackles, <laughs> a safety, an offensive touchdown. McCourty's going to win the game for the Pages solely by himself. That is Patrick Shankauer. <laughs> 
one of the hosts of CLNS Radio's Chief Seats, as well as one of the uh, hosts of, along myself, of CLNS Radio's Patriots Post Game Show, and a true make believer. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. Patrick, we'll talk to you. Thanks, well, Jeff. that was some great stuff from all of our Patriots Beat members. I want to, before we get back into talking about this game, I want to thank the fans out there because CLNS Radio uh, and the Patriots Beat podcast has grown leaps and bounds from when we started it uh, almost a year ago uh, when Patriots Goal to Go, my former podcast, uh, when we walked away from that and we decided to make a Patriots Beat podcast along the lines of Celtics Beat. It's grown unbelievable, better than I ever could have thought. Uh, CLNS Radio over 1 million downloads on our blog talk, and now that we've switched over to uh, Lipson for all our pre-recorded podcasts, uh, it's been great. Uh, and, and of course, uh, with Lynda.com, our, our sponsor, www.lynda.com, growing in leaps and bounds, we sure are. Um, but again, thank you to every one of our followers on Twitter, on Facebook, uh, the people who have downloaded the free mobile app, uh, www.clnsradio.com slash Android uh, for your Android phone and www.clnsradio.com slash iOS free for any of your Apple devices. From the bottom of my heart, Patriots Nation and Boston Sports Nation, Boston is strong. Thank you very much for allowing us to bring you podcasts every single week about the Patriots, and we will continue to do it. Uh, in the off season, as we bring you some great guests, and of course, this week has been an absolute whirlwind. As I said, um, you know, we started daily podcast uh, Monday through Friday, right up to uh, right up to today's podcast here. Um, thank you very much again from the bottom of my heart, uh, everyone who has downloaded us, everyone who reads CLNS Radio. Um, you know, it's just amazing. It really is. Yeah, we would not be here without the listeners, so I too just want to thank all of them for really making this show what it is and it allowing it to have this type of success. I'd also like to thank uh, Bob Snowden, who, uh, who stepped in and really helped me um, develop Patriots Beat, and of course Bobby yourself um, doing some great things with Patriots Beat, um, and Patrick Schankauer for his help on the post-game show, and everyone who gets in and is involved in this, but Let's get back to talking about this game before we close it out because it's mere hours away. The Patriots back in another Super Bowl, Super Bowl 49, the last victory, Super Bowl 39. I have a feeling that the Patriots are going to do some things. Bobby, tell me a little bit about your perception out there in the Twitter sphere and in social media about this game. Well, there are some Patriots fans who are in – such fear of the Seahawks. And what I would say to them is that you're not appreciating how good your own team is, how good the Patriots are, because there's a reason, Jeff, that this is such an evenly matched game. This game is so evenly matched, Patrick. Uh, Patrick, <laughs> Bobby. Not the post-game show just yet. <laughs> well, you guys were trying to uh, you guys were trying to replace me the other day. I see you guys can take over anytime you want. Yeah, I'm looking <laughs> next year. Maybe we'll get some opportunities. But you know, there was a window there. I had to take the jab. You take the jab, <laughs> knock down the honcho. You know, I understand how it is. But there is a reason that this. You are right. There is a reason that this game is so 
I mean, it opened up as two-and-a-half-point favorites for Seattle. Uh, the last line I looked at had the Patriots as a one-point favorite. Vegas doesn't know where this is going to go. No one really knows where this is going to go. This could be probably go down as one of the best Super Bowls of all time, or it might be a absolute drubbing uh, by the Patriots or Seattle. We will see what happens. But, Bobby, we've made our predictions. We've heard what the other guys have said. Final time here. Let's hear your prediction. We don't need. We already did our offense and defensive player of the games. Just your prediction on this game, and who are we going to be talking about come Monday morning? Yeah, what I've been consistent about is that it's going to be a one-score game, whether that's a field goal or a touchdown. And I'm sticking with my original prediction, which is 24-21. Patriots win this game. As far as who we're talking about come Monday morning. Listen, this very well could come down to the leg of Steven Goskowski, but I still believe that if the Patriots win this game, the three getting the most talked about are going to be Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and Darrell Revis, especially the first two whose legacy is going to be cemented as the greatest quarterback and coach duo in NFL history, and they might even vault themselves to the top of the coaching and quarterback ranks, respectively. I love that there, Bobby. I really do. I think I said it the other day. I've been saying it since the Patriots defeated Indianapolis. This would be a seven-point game. Patriots 24-17 to over the Seattle Seahawks. Um, just I cannot wait for this game. I, I think this is going to be one of those games where we bite our nails. We really bite our nails. Um, two very talented teams going back and forth. This isn't going to be like last year's game where you had uh, Seattle, who was the number one seed, versus Denver, who was the number one seed, uh, and it wasn't really a good Super Bowl. This, to me, is going to be two powers against each other, the old guard in the Patriots versus the new guard uh, in the Seattle Seahawks. May the best team win. Again, thank you very much to all our guests on Patriots Beat this week. Adam Jones of 98.5 The Sports Hub. Uh, Pete Shepard, the veteran Boston sports uh, radio host. And then, of course, um, our buddy Mike Riley from 98.5 The Sports Hub, along with all his PA that he does. Paul Bear from 12 for 12s uh, was on with us. And, of course, Mike Loitko from nepatriotsdraft.com does some great stuff with the draft. You can bet that Mike Loitko will be on. Uh, and, again, thank you, Bobby, and, uh, and of course, Patrick, for stepping in uh, on Friday morning's podcast. So thank you, everyone. This has been a treat this week. Bobby, thank you. Enjoy the game, everyone. Don't forget, the easiest way to listen to Patriots Beat is by downloading the free mobile app for iTunes and Androids. Speaking of free apps, today's episode is powered by Lynda.com. Lynda.com has an easy-to-navigate home on the web, or you can try the amazing Lynda app itself with a free membership from CLNS Radio. Do something good for yourself in 2015 and sign up for a free 10-day trial to Lynda.com by visiting www.lynda.com slash CLNS. Go ahead, challenge something yourself, and learn something new in 2015. Get on board with Linda and CLNS Radio.
first choice for Internet Sports Talk Radio, CLNS Radio.